when we cannot control our addiction to technology how can we ever hope our kids can in today's episode we answer three key questions how can neglecting sleep play a big role in poor health how can we disconnect from unnecessary tech what is the lofty device to help your sleep A few years back CEO and founder of Lofty Matt Hassett decided he wanted to try creating healthier routines in his everyday life. The answer better sleep. And what was getting in the way? His smartphone which was really hard to put down. He noticed that most people struggled with phone addiction at bedtime and in the early morning. His aha moment was simple just remove the temptation by designing an alarm clock that was smart enough to not allow you to scroll all night firmly grounded in research lofty has taken a revolutionary approach to not only their lofty alarm clock but their new lofty lamp that doubles as a sunrise alarm pairing perfectly with their clock Let's get started. Hey everyone, I'm Deepa, Light Functional Medicine practitioner, author and yogini and you're listening to the Sleep Whisperer podcast, the only sleep podcast with conversations and meditations. I'm on a mission to share profoundly insightful sleep conversations with global visionaries that merge together functional medicine and ancient wisdom. Breathe in bliss through weekly guided meditations and let yourself enter the land of dreams. Together, let's unravel the pieces, get to the roots and understand the right tools to transform your sleep completely. Through this podcast, I want you to dream the best version of yourself. It's time to regain hope and begin your sleep journey. Matt, welcome to the Sleep Whisperer podcast. A pleasure to host you today. And we're talking about why do we need to disconnect for better sleep and overall health. And I've been thinking a lot about this over the last few days and think it's a really dangerous abyss. And I know that you have also mentioned that it's more than social media, which got me curious because for me personally, when we say disconnect, I really think about this space of social media, which is truly this abyss. You go down that and then there's no way out. Um, I'd love for us to also talk about your product, but we'll come to that later. Why do we need sleep first of all? I know this is a sleep podcast. We've spoken about this from so many perspectives. Um, but we are living in a world today where the, with the more we invent, the worse our health gets. And I was just talking about this yesterday or writing an article that with inventions, the sicker we get. The more information we have out there, the sicker we get. Uh, so we don't prioritize sleep enough. Why do we need sleep? Hi, Zipa. Well, A, great to be here. Thank you for having me. Why do we need sleep? 
Um, without sleep, our bodies would start to fall apart. We can't survive without sleep. It's a fundamental um, need for every living thing, um, humans included, even humans in 2023 with lots of technology. We need it more than ever, and we're getting less and less with um, you know tech kind of creeping into every part of our lives. And you mentioned kind of the um, it, increase in kind of tracking and everything. And I think there's a lot of awareness of tracking sleep, but sometimes it can be almost um, uh, distracting from actually getting sleep. So you're um, tracking it so much, you're kind of missing the fundamentals and there can be this obsession about, you know, what your sleep score is. But if you're not, you know, having a uh, cold, dark, quiet room, maybe that's more important than, um, you know, whether it was seven hours and five minutes or seven hours and 30 minutes. And I think that you're so right. These trackers also, I think sometimes I take them with a pinch of salt because there are times where it shows me I've slept horribly and I feel as if I've slept differently. So I've just chosen to listen to my own body. Talk to me a little bit about your recent health care. And you're obviously the founder of a sleep company. Um, you know, there's... Uh, we do want to be the best version when we are selling the product ourselves. How did that make you feel? What did that happen? And what did it prompt you to do? Yeah, so I didn't think that I would ever have sort of the kind of health scare that I had read about from other um, other founders and other kind of peers and people in my field who've... Um, and I just pushed their body too far. And I always thought I was taking good enough care of myself. And I was going to the gym at least once a week. And I was eating pretty healthy. And um, But this one day um, earlier this year, I probably got just a little <laughs> too short of a sleep. Um, probably like under six hours, which is really unhealthy. And um, I tried to make up for that with coffee, which is never a good idea. Um, and I probably had about, you know, four doses of various caffeine across the course of a day, which is a lot, but I've done it before. And, you know, earlier when I was in my twenties or when I was in college, I could stay up all night and it was, you know, fine enough. Um, but now I'm in my mid thirties and uh, my body showed me that that is no longer an option. So um, I had just gotten to this talk. It was actually about reversing the process of aging. It was really interesting. And uh, kind of halfway through the talk, I just felt very uh, faint and kind of hungry and a little nauseous. And um, I just wanted to get out of my seat and kind of go out into the hallway and just maybe lay on the ground or something. But before I could even get there, I uh, fell and lost consciousness and hit my head against the wall, which then resulted in a pretty bad gash on my forehead. Um, but the scariest part was that I woke up um, and my heart had gone into something um, called atrial fibrillation when your heart is kind of not in the right um, sink and the chambers are at different um, intervals. And so I ended up spending the night in the hospital 
Um, luckily, I think it was a one-time thing. I think it was, you know, this combination of not enough to eat, too much caffeine, not enough sleep. Um, and I hope that it doesn't happen again, but it was a really good reminder um, of how sort of fragile our grip on good health is, even for someone like me who has no health conditions at all. And, uh, you know, I think probably a lot of people listening have done that, have maybe, you know, not had breakfast or slept a little too little, um, all those kind of things. And you, um, when they all hit together, there's a real chance of harm. So, I mean, the lesson I took away, hey, very simple, if you're feeling faint, like, stay close to the ground, don't try to get up, um, because that's kind of the worst possible place to be if you faint. And then um, B, just listen to your body. And um, I've redoubled my efforts to sleep more and um, to prioritize it. And it's really, um, you know, paid off not only in terms of my uh, in, in terms of these extreme events, hopefully that never happens again, but also just I feel uh, my brain is much more um, active and alert and able to process things. I think um, you can get into a long rut of sleeplessness and just over time, you're just kind of a lesser version of yourself. And um, I think a lot of people um, might not even know sort of how bad things are. Um, a third of Americans are not getting enough sleep. Uh, the CDC calls it an epidemic. Um, it's related to a, a myriad of health problems, many of which you've talked about on your show before, but getting great sleep can help everything from um, help prevent such things as Alzheimer's, diabetes, heart disease, very long list of conditions that are ameliorated or prevented by great sleep. I'll leave it there, but that, that was my lesson. Wow. And I think that it took me to thinking about something I recently heard from a dear friend who also is a business mentor that Nimhans, which is a, a hospital more specialized for mental health where I live, uh, they've started a wing recently for addiction to phones addiction to social media and finding more and more kids having a serious problem with it I think that as schools are growing and this is a dangerous thing because I've got a 13 year old son it's a major battle uh, it's really this abyss we spoke about at the beginning so I'd love to spend some time talking about disconnecting from unnecessary tech at night, but also obviously what we do during the day plays a big role in whether we are able to wind down at night. So how do we set some limits? And are we talking about more than social media scrolling? So could we first list out what do you mean by unnecessary tech? Is it more than social media? Is it just our phone? Um, and uh, are we truly capable of setting limits for ourselves? Because if I just feel that we are not able to have control, how do we expect our kids to? Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And we really are not being great role models when we're at home and we're 
you know, a kind of half attention and barely paying attention that can cause um, some psychological issues right there, regardless of, um, you know, you, your child is seeing you as this kind of disengaged um, caregiver, but I won't go down that road yet. Um, but I, the sort of patron saint in our um, thinking about this is Henry David Thoreau, the author of Walden, who um, coined some of the most um, lasting phrases about uh, this topic. And that was at a time in the late 19th century when the things that were so abrasive to him uh, were, you know, the railroad being built through Concord, Massachusetts, or the first um, telegraph cable uh, from New York to London. And so you read uh, Walden and he is just so alarmed at this stuff. And it's so interesting to read it. Um, but thinking about the context of how um, low a level of tech that is to what we're dealing with today. And I think he would just uh, totally lose it if he was around in 2023. Um and he would always go to nature to get away from all of this, although it didn't help that the Fitchburg Railroad Company built the railroad line right next to his cabinet at Walden. Um, so I think about him and I, the first name of the company uh, that I founded, Lofty, was uh, Deliberate, Deliberate Digital, based on I went to the woods to live deliberately, uh, which is from Walden. And... Um, I think deliberate really is the kind of uh, keyword because you have to make choices and, and limits for yourselves sort of to your point. You, it's very hard to create those limits for ourselves and only the, the most um, determined of us really could possibly have the willpower to make the right choice all the time. Um, you have to really um, be a, a extreme contrarian to the level of a Henry David Thoreau to be able to count on your willpower for those kind of choices. And you have to abstain from so many um, types of communication and experiences that everyone else around you is, is going through. So for most people, that's really not an option. Uh, you're not going to move to a pond uh, outside of town uh, and only come in you know, to do your laundry as he did. But um, I think there are things we can do to set us up ourselves up to make better choices. And so I think a lot about um, behavioral psychology with our product design. And I think about um, Kahneman and Tversky with the idea of system two and system one thinking and how our system two thinking is sort of more methodical and careful and deliberate. And we're making choices, uh, you know, more meaningfully. But then our type one thinking is sort of just our, our reaction to things like, the, I have to do this something really quickly, or, you know, I'm making this choice in a um, quick manner. And, and and our with our attention spans being so low currently with how we've been conditioned with tech, um, it's very easy to just stay in type one mode most of the time. And I think um, that's one thing that's so scary about, um, children and, and screen time is, will they ever really have the chance to 
be deliberate and methodical and and be able to come up with their own thought. I mean, put aside uh, ChatGPT writing all their papers, you've got just a basic battle of attention just to be able to even form their own thoughts, you know, even if ChatGPT is not around. But um, what we like to do at Lofty is to design products such that um, we kind of change our environment so that it helps us make those choices over time. So, um, you know, not even talking about our products, but the way you lay out your room at home, you know, if you have a um, place where your phone lives uh, after say 9 PM um, and it always goes there and you just, you get into the habit of putting it there. Maybe it's a box that actually has a, um, lid so you don't see the notifications um, and maybe you make uh, sort of a commitment with another person in your household maybe it's your partner maybe it's your um, child but making that commitment to have this uh, shared habit so you're keeping each other accountable and then you're putting it there um, so there's no um, you know notifications to to see it's kind of out of out of sight out of mind um, and that seems really simple and, and probably seems obvious, but I, I doubt most of our listeners are doing that. And, um, you know, I found that was really helpful. I now leave my phone out in the kitchen and I um, don't bring it into my bedroom because I know that if I wake up at 2 a.m. and I reach for my phone, I'm going to spend 45 minutes on the New York Times website and whatever else. Um Twitter, TikTok, who knows? So um, I think, you know, just setting ourselves up for better decisions with the way we design our homes um, and our office can be um, really liberating to actually kind of get back time. And that's time you can spend with your partner, time you can spend with your children, uh, with your pet. I mean, if you have that... um, lovely time of waking up and not jumping right into your texts and your emails. I think you're going to have a better day. I'm pretty sure of it. Um, Waking up and going, you know, if your phone is your alarm clock, you're, you're putting it up in front of your face, you're um, dismissing your alarm and then you're seeing all of the things that people want you to do. Um, And you're kind of in other people's problems of the last 10 hours um, and you start your day without thinking about the dream you had, uh, which might've been telling you something. Uh, You don't say hello to your partner. Um, You're both looking separate ways, scrolling. You miss out on an important conversation. Um, There's just such a loss when you wake up and just kind of dive into that. So to your point, it's not necessarily just the social media. It's, It's this whole thing. It's just this device Um, And I'm a big fan of my iPhone and I love it, but it's just like, let's set some time limits and brackets and give our, you know, the kind of core of our being a little bit of a break from it. 
And I think, Matt, when you said 9 p.m., that just seemed so late to me because I try and put my phone away by 5 p.m. I just feel wow. the moment it gets dark, I don't want that input. Um, but I'm guilty of using my phone as an alarm, which is really bad. However, I have my phone on airplane mode and I don't necessarily see all of that. But yes, I think that's a habit that has to be changed. I'd like to talk about Lofty itself. So what is the device? What What's the idea behind it? How is it going to help us? Yeah, so... Um... Lofty is a company I founded back in 2018, committed to helping people relax and recharge. Um, it started as a company more about this idea of disconnection and um, and how do they kind of create those boundaries. And so it started as it launched fully. We, we did a pilot and um, it was kind of like the screen time app that Apple released the next year. And, but ours had a, uh, gamified rewards. So if you stuck to your kind of budgeted screen time, you got say a, a coffee or an exercise class or something. And um, that felt like it was too much sort of um, in the, the problem itself. And it needed to be like a little lighter touch and more of a design experience. And at the time I was at this wonderful um, design company, IDEO in New York and learning a lot from um, colleagues there about, um, you know, how to, how to design things in a, a more uh, light-handed way. And um, I realized that there was an opportunity to, to, to create devices to help make some of those behavioral shifts that I was just referring to. Um, and that a lot of the products on the market just didn't really do that. They were, um, they could maybe do the basic function, but no one had really um, thought of a, a device just for sleep. Like for instance, um, with our lofty clock, which is, you know, A, an alarm clock. It's also B, C, D, and E. But first of all, it's an alarm clock. There are a lot of alarm clocks and there are plenty of people who see it and say, why would I pay that much for an alarm clock? And our answer is it's not really just an alarm clock. It's as much about the evening as the morning. And so, but um, our alarm clock really is as much about the evening as the morning. And so it's a device that is really meant for the bedside. It is um, filled with content that's great for sleep. So it has um, meditations, it has sound baths, it has stories. Um, we're actually introducing a new feature this month or, or next month, July, about um, custom-made stories. So these are personalized bedtime stories that evolve over time, and and you can actually shape your story. So there's so much on there that it's really, um, you know, just stimulating enough to kind of scratch that itch of, okay, it's 2023, and I can't just completely be a cave person. But I also don't need, um, you know, constant exposure to Twitter and YouTube because that is going to keep your sleep um, disrupted. You know, whether it's just the stimulation of those things at at night or the um, blue light that is blocking the release of melatonin, 
Um, there's multiple reasons, but those things are toxic for good sleep. And so we really need a device that helps us um, actually wind down. Um, and so that, that's how we created the Lofty Clock. We also have the Lofty Lamp, which is um, a sunrise wake-up light, but again, also about the evening and really um, calm, you know, re more red spectrum light to help wind down and uh, really make sure you're in your um, circadian rhythm. And even if you live in a, a, a darker room or a brighter room, um, you know, you can help set your, your rhythm. Um, and also for people who are on um, kind of non-typical schedules, like especially shift workers, especially, you know, people in, in education who are getting up early, people in medicine, you're having to wake up, you know, three or 4 a.m. say. And so having that boost of light earlier in the day can really help um, you wake up and also could keep some other people safer as well if you're really woken up and you can actually, uh, you have your wits about you when you're driving to work, for instance. Um, so yeah, those are our two core products. And um, we've we've had a really wonderful um, time like finding the right customers. And it's really amazing as a founder to create something for a certain reason and for that reason to actually be the thing people want to buy. I, it's not, I don't think that's every company, but so many people say, yeah, I'm having a hard time putting my phone down at night. I would love to, um, you know, create better habits. And, and this seems like a good way to help me shift my habits. So just clarify this, Matt, because you spoke about how you get some light when you wake up. So is it programmed to be in sync with whatever alarm time you set? Like if you were to set a 3 a.m., it would still behave the same way? Yes, unfortunately, even if you yeah, if you set it at 3 a.m., you would have a bright wake up at 3 a.m. Um, so we have a, it is an app for the lamp, the clock you can use with the, with the app or on its own no app um but yeah for the lamp you can set it on the app and then you have a choice of different sunrises our sunrises are actually set um from uh beautiful places around the world so the the light colors are actually taken from those sunrises and so if there are two of us sleeping in the same room you advise that each have one on each side of their bed I mean, uh, I would say so, and, and not just because I'm a greedy business person, but um, it's actually, <laughs> I think it is good to yeah. have Yeah, I mean, otherwise, how would you set the alarm as well? Because, I mean, you're each being woken up by the other. I actually haven't yeah. found a way out of this, Matt, and um, my husband and I just choose. Eventually, after we spend time together, we go sleep in different rooms and we haven't been able to figure this out. So I'd love if you have any insights on this, because what if the two of us have different wake up times? A lot of times our schedules are different. So what do how do we practically deal with this? Is this going to help people like us? I mean, I don't have a magical cure all for you know, a, an alarm going off in a room where there are two people. Uh, 
you can set multiple alarms on our devices so you can um, set plenty of different alarms, but uh, it won't, you know, only be audible to one person's ears for sure. But yeah, we do have lots of couples who, who use it and they can both set um, alarms on the device. And since there's an app, you can, you know, be able to both have the app and see what's set. And when you say the light comes on, so is that bright enough for the other person in the room to be woken up or how, how does that work? I think it really depends on the individual person. For some people, it's going to be terrifyingly bright. And for some people, it's going to feel underwhelming if they're on the other side of the bed. So I think it's a really personal um, experience there. And finally, Matt, is it available all over the world or is it only in the U.S.? Unfortunately, right now, um, it's available in um, mainly the U.S. And then it, it is available in Canada and in Mexico, um, in much of Europe. Um, and then it is available in many countries from another distributor. So, um we sell through the MoMA, the Museum of Modern Art, and we sell through Essence based out of Canada. Um, and they ship most places in the world. So those are the two places we recommend um, for anyone outside the U.S., Canada, and Mexico. And before I let you go, Matt, I want you to just leave us with a little bit because the storytelling seemed the most fascinating feature to me. I'm a big fan of stories. And even yesterday, I gave a client a recommendation to listen to stories at night because he was asking me about nighttime routine. So what are the kind of stories that are there? Yeah, that's a great question. And my current obsession is the stories feature um we've always had sleep stories but now we're creating these personalized stories and it's really fun and customers love it from the beta test um the, we ask customers um a few questions you know what's your name what's your friend of yours name what's your favorite animal your favorite color like some kind of ingredients we call them and then we create a story just for them and we send it to their clock only um, and people have described it as like magic and, um, really interesting. I think, um, over time we'll be making it more boring and more sleep, um, suggesting, um, we actually just, I was just working on this before our, um, interview, I, uh, was pulling some 19th century gardening handbooks um, and turning them into um, kind of magical content because we have a new color coming out um, and we're shipping this to editors and it has a gardening angle to it. So there's just, there's so many um, interesting things you can turn into audio that is um a little bit soporific and um, ideal for bedtime. I think, you know, aside from having kind of a boring story that can maybe put you to sleep that way, there's also um, some studies that uh, the a, a literary fiction piece, a novel, um, 
can help you sort of get out of your own head in terms of, you know, you're hearing about the problems of Charles Dickens and not your problems that day. You're hearing about someone else's experience and that can help. And that that's always been my experience. I am a big fan of reading before bed. And um, I think unless you um, have a novel, you just can't put down. Most of us are, you know, reading maybe a few pages and then falling asleep. There's just something really great to um, escaping to another story uh, than your own, just as you kind of transition out of wakefulness. Thanks, Matt. And I think I just wanted to share one thought before we conclude, which is that, you know, it's so easy to spiral into this world where um, the more we are scrolling and the more we are taking in these very quick inputs from outside, the more the wrong choices we make with food, uh, then even the choice of novels can be different. It can be more thriller and murder mysteries, which are not really conducive to helping us fall asleep. So I think somewhere, even if they seem really boring, we have to make some intentional decision that um, after 5 p.m. I will not take such content and allow it to come into my mind space. Uh, but um, I seem very excited. I'm going to go look up the colors that you have because you spoke about the garden theme and I was all excited. Uh, where can people go and buy uh, Lofty? Uh, people can visit bylofty.com, B-Y-L-O-F-T-I-E.com. Any final uh, then, words? Yeah. Any final words? I am so uh, grateful for being on the show and for um, your uh, commitment to sharing the word about sleep. I think sleep sometimes gets the short end of the stick and people tend to focus on uh, nutrition and exercise uh, kind of ahead of sleep. Um, but without that sleep base, those things uh don't really stick as well like if you're not getting enough sleep your hormones aren't kind of working the way they're supposed to and you're going to have um you know hunger cravings at the wrong times you're going to eat unhealthier foods um and uh same with fitness i mean you're much more likely to have a muscle injury if you are underslept um you're not giving your chance your body's the chance to actually you know repair yourselves after a very tough workout and so I think I just hope uh, anyone who heard my story will think, um, you know, maybe I'm not invincible, even if um, I used to be able to do this stuff. And if you're in college, you know, maybe spare yourself and um, you could try it once, but don't stay up too late. Thank you, Matt, for being here today and sharing all these insights and um I, uh, we have a lot of listeners in US, so I'm sure they can go to buylofty.com and take a look. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Deepa. If you too are scrolling for a few seconds every spare moment you get, stop. Information is everywhere. We are all guilty of gathering, 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 but struggle to be consistent with the smallest and simplest of practices. 
this is what is the differentiator if it's one common thing that i've seen between everyone who has persistent chronic disease it is the tendency to collect information from everywhere but lacking the strength to follow through Start by restricting time on your phone, set limits, be intentional when you do log in and log off before you spiral down the abyss of uncontrollable scrolling. Have a great day. This podcast is intended to provide helpful and informative material on the subject matter covered in the episodes. The podcast is not acting in the capacity of a doctor or a registered dietitian and is not rendering any professional healthcare or medical service. The information in the podcast is not intended as a substitute for medical advice or services or as treatment or cure for any particular health condition. The advice and tools contained herein may not be suitable for your situation. Any medical questions regarding contraindications and cautions or any questions on whether or not to proceed with any practices provided in the show should be referred to qualified health professionals before adopting the same. The podcast specifically disclaims any responsibility for any liability, loss, risk, personal or otherwise which may be incurred as a direct or indirect consequence of the use of information from this podcast or the application adoption of any of the information provided.